Welcome to Healthy by Choice, a broadcast designed to bring powerful healing into your life today. Gaining and maintaining optimum health is possible at any age. That's what thousands are learning at CHIP, the complete health improvement program offered across the country and around the world. You can learn more at chiphealth.com. But now, get ready to enjoy some proven results and priceless benefits. I'm your Healthy by Choice host, Charles Mills. In a recent 440-page book called Rethink Food, one of the contributing medical authors writes, Here is a word of warning. Physicians in general possess very little knowledge about nutrition. In fact, the knowledge we as physicians do have can sometimes cause more harm than good. Then he gives an example. A mom was recently advised by her physician that little Johnny was low in iron and therefore advised her to feed him more meat. The mother then dutifully made sure that little Johnny got all of his pork chops and sausages because the doctor said it was good for him. Then the author concludes this way, I shudder at the thought of the harm we can cause our patients through our own ignorance, end quote. Another contributing physician writes in the same book, quote, Since we as physicians receive practically no nutritional education during or after medical school, it is understandable that there is a level of ignorance among doctors. Even though treating patients with pills and procedures is very lucrative, whereas discussing diet is time-consuming and not reimbursable, should we as doctors get exposed to the power of nutrition in dealing especially with chronic diseases? End quote. Nutrition training for doctors. It sounds like a missing piece. Why is that so, Dr. Deal? Tell us, what's going on? Well, it's a very complex area. Uh, for instance, uh, we have to recognize that what is being taught in medical school is largely taught to meet the requirements and the goals and the scores that are necessary in the national boards. Mm -hmm. That's a national certification body so that every physician that passes this national test mm -hmm. is now a bona fide physician. So national boards then determine to a large extent what is being taught in medical school because the medical school wants to make sure that they have their students pass, right? Yes. So if there is no interest in nutrition on those who write the national board, some of these medical professors, mm -hmm. then the medical schools are recognizing that the students are just about drinking knowledge from a fire hydrant. Yes. I mean, they're just day and night, they're trying to memorize the facts to diagnose the disease, um, and uh, then they go into pharmacology, they have to learn all the medications, uh, they have to then go into surgery, and the many, many different subspecialties down the line. So uh, what happens then is the knowledge that is being conveyed, the curriculum that is being developed, is developed in response to the uh, questions that appear on the national board. And until we have national board examiners writing questions that pertain to clinical nutrition, therapeutic nutrition, there is probably no likelihood that this is going to happen. That's one of the many, many reasons. Then secondly, you have to also think about the idea that when you are 
diagnosing a disease as you have just graduated from medical school mm -hmm. and you have now learned how to uh, memorize the facts, to diagnose the disease, and to treat the disease. That's what you do. Right. right. You memorize the facts, you diagnose the disease, and you treat the disease. And we call this disease management. That's what we do. We manage the disease, mm -hmm. particularly when it comes to these chronic diseases, you know, diseases that are hanging around, right. like mm -hmm. heart disease and diabetes and hypertension, overweight. Yeah, we manage the disease. We don't really cure it usually with these medications, but we make you feel better. And so um, you now have about 10 minutes. Uh, that's what you're allotted as a young physician that's working for a hospital, that works for a system, for a clinic. You've got about 10 minutes. Now, wait a minute. Uh, you know, if there is really some nutritional therapeutic value here, you know, <laughs> How, how can I do this in 10 minutes? Mm -hmm. I mean, I take five minutes to diagnose the disease. I have to say a few nice words to the patient. And how am I going to do, I mean, if you want to change behaviors, if you want to change eating habits, you need to have time. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't really fit into that system either. So that's another reason. And then, of course, we have to also become aware that nutrition is considered to be a relatively new science. And doctors pride themselves, we do the hard sciences. <laughs> you know? yes, yes. We study biochemistry. We study uh, physiology. We study anatomy. But nutrition, you know, nutrition is a relatively new science the last 30, 40 years. And uh, there again, uh, you have to be recognizing that much of the nutritional information out there uh, may have been hijacked by self-serving large uh, commercially interested enterprises, right? Yeah. And so then you have a media that one day says a uh, high-protein diet is good, two weeks later it's not, the high-protein diet is not the low-protein diet, and after a while the public is confused, the doctors are confused, and uh, how are you if you have a few minutes left to help a patient to adapt a healthier lifestyle? How are you going to get that across when there's so much confusion out there? You see, so it's a very, very complex issue. And we're very comfortable with this, Dr. Deal. As, as you were saying this, and I was listening to this, we want someone that comes in who has passed the boards. We want someone that will take us into their office and very quickly, because, you know, we're busy. We have work to do. Get down here. We want someone to very quickly give us something that will ease the pain, that will stop the pain. Managing the disease is perfectly fine for a vast majority of us, it seems, but we come at this from chip a little bit differently. We come at it from a very different angle. We don't want to manage disease. We want to get rid of the disease. So let's get back to the mm -hmm, doctors mm -hmm. now. The doctors realize this. The patient realizes this. We're all perfectly happy with this is the way we're going. So what is the problem with this? If we can go to the doctor's office and come out with a bag of pills and our, our symptoms go away, what's the harm? Why should we complain about that? Well, for one thing, it's expensive. Mm. It's no longer sustainable, really, as a society. And number mm. two, all these drugs are, uh, they have side effects, all of them. Yes. And so, actually, there are sometimes much, much better answers by treating the causes of the disease, which we begin to realize now has to do with the abundance of the uh, dietary excesses that we have in our society. And unless we can help people to get into that area, unless we as doctors can become more literate in this area to understand it, because we have no no, no background, we have no nutrition yes. background yes. In, in this field. Yeah. So how can we even counsel a person? Because even if you do counsel a person, even if I, I'm coming at this from two different ways, the doctors and the patient. I'm looking at this whole nutrition and medical school thing from both sides. 
The doctors mm-hmm. don't want to work any harder than they already are. They're busy people and they and everything. If the patient is perfectly happy with the pill, why would the doctor want to spend time to tell them to eat right? And listen, here's the patient. I have heart disease. So I go to the kitchen and I fill a glass with water and I open a little pill box. I take a pill. I drink the water and I go watch television. Compared to, I go to the grocery store, I buy the right foods, I, I come home, I put them in the refrigerator, I fix the right foods, I eat the right meal, I go out for a long walk after supper, I go for a, a nice jog, I exercise, I stretch, I try to have a good life. That's harder than taking mm. the pill. So nutrition yeah, training, right. I, it's, it's, there's two people involved yeah. here, the patient and the doctor. And there's more to that because uh, when you give the pill, it takes you 10 minutes. That's yes. all the time that you yes, have. Yes, yes, you yes, get yes. paid for that. Yes. Insurance companies pay for that. When you do a lifestyle consult when you spend an hour with a patient to help them to understand the importance of making some dietary choices, there is no reimbursement for that. It's not covered. Mm -hmm. So what are you going to do? You have to make a living. You have to feed your kids. So you're basically stuck. And furthermore, in, in, in medical school, you also become introduced to the idea that there's no time anymore. Mm-hmm. We have no time for anything. Uh, we have to have convenience foods. You, you grab a bar, uh, you grab a burger, uh, <laughs> you, you down a, a milkshake, you, you down a coffee, and it becomes sort of a way of life. And so the doctor, him or herself, doesn't have any orientation towards a healthier lifestyle. And so we just make the assumption, and which is usually true, that the patient is in the same way. And so we don't see anything wrong by not addressing the issue. We are not even aware of it. We, not only do we not have time, we don't even use whole words, Dr. Deal. We say, hi, Doc, how are you doing? What's the prob here? We don't have time to say the entire word when we're t- dealing with people. How can we have time to fix ourselves a good meal and do what's necessary to make ourselves healthy? So, all right, we've established two different problems here, two different tracks, the patient and the doctor. Where does the change begin? You tell me, Dr. Deal. Well, I tell you, uh, <laughs> I'm thinking of uh, one of my uh, young doctor friends. He uh, has uh, a mother who is involved in a CHIP program, mm-hmm. the Complete Health Improvement Program, and he actually, some years back, uh, watched her. He was just in college, and he watched her, and he saw how within three, four weeks, Patients who made dietary changes got into an exercise program, their blood pressures came down, their cholesterol dropped, uh, their fog lifted, Mm -hmm. and then he saw one of the diabetics, he told me that later on, he said, you know, that diabetic had uh, a change in uh, color of his skin, his legs, and he said, uh, I knew it was just a matter of time, the patient told me, that I would probably have to have an amputation Mm -hmm. as an end stage Mm -hmm. aspect of my diabetes. And he said, this person, I mean, he was in the program with my mother there for for four, five, six weeks, and the color came back, and uh, I learned later on that the doctor said, I don't know what you did, but the color is coming back. You have better circulation now again. The chances of amputation is probably, at least for this time, stayed. We don't have to worry about it. And he thought to himself, that's what I want to be. And his grandfather was a physician. And he now got inspired to pick up the torch from his granddad. He got to medical school, took the first two years of, which is what we call preclinical training. We study anatomy, physiology, biochemistry, and, 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 and. You know, then uh, at the end of the two years, they, of course, take the national boards. And it was at that time that he went to the 
curriculum dean, the dean that is in charge of the classes that are being taken and uh, built and so on. And he said, um, you know, I came to the university here, to the medical school, because I was inspired by my mother, by this lifestyle medicine thing. I wanted to be a chip doctor. Hmm. And I've been waiting for the nutrition classes, <laughs> because that's what I learned. That's what I saw. He's going to wait a long <laughs> and, time. <laughs> and the dean said, I'm very sorry, you know, we are basically teaching the information that you need mm -hmm. to pass your medical boards. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right on, right? Yeah. And this young uh, man, uh, he was, of course, very distressed. Uh, he talked with me for a while, uh, and uh, I said, well, uh, you know, why don't you visit uh, with this uh, dean uh, sometime again? But be very kind, be very gracious. You're not making any demands, so he did. And then the dean said, you know, yeah, I, I can see what you really want to accomplish. You know, I'm happy to tell you, uh, we have on our campus a school of public health, and they have a master's in nutrition and master's in public health nutrition. We'll be very happy to let you go one year after your national boards. You can take one year off, and then you come back, and then you have two years on the clinical wards. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And this young man felt this was a very, very generous offer. He went to the school of public health. He took his master's degree in, in, in public health with an emphasis on nutrition and uh, epidemiology. And for his thesis, he conducted a chip program, you know, like yes, like yes. mother, like son. Yes, absolutely. And he was really excited. He wrote it all up. And, you know, from that moment on, when he got back on the clinical wards for the next two years to finish his medical degree, he said, Hans, he said, what I noticed is that I had some additional tools in my toolbox when I saw the patients on the ward while my other fellow students, they had nothing to offer. I mean, people were obese. What are they going to do? Give them a pill. The people were hypertensive, uh, high blood pressure. What are they going to do? And But I could teach them. And I said, you know, uh, I can give you some suggestions and here, some books and, and, and. And he said it made all the difference. And, you know, since then he is an internist and he is uh, having a very good practice and he does group teaching as well to educate people. And he said, I have a wonderful uh, life of significance. I'm not just making money. Uh, you know, that's not the issue here for me, right. but I have significance. I see people's lives turned around, and that's what gives me the ultimate joy. Oh, that is a wonderful story, and that story should be repeated. So what I hear you saying, Dr. Deal, is that it can begin anywhere. It can begin with the patient. It can begin with the doctor in training. It can begin with a doctor who's been in the business for 20 years. All they have to do is make that adjustment in their thoughts and to open their minds to the other possibilities that are out there. Is that what I hear you saying? Yeah. I, I mean, the books and the science and the evidence is everywhere. I mean, we have whole libraries filled over the last 30, 40, 50 years in epidemiology, the epidemic of diseases that are largely diet-related. We now understand that it's the food that is largely driving our chronic diseases. Yes. And so the evidence is there, but, you know, a physician has to spend time. A physician has not had the training in medical school, uh, if, if anywhere. And so what they need to do, they have to do some post 
postgraduate work, they have to read the books, and they have to become self-motivated to take a look over the fence where they had never looked before. Mm. We're going to take a short break, Dr. Deal. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about the patient. You know, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know doctor things, but I do know patient thing, and I've been a patient many times in my life. I want to know what we as patients can do to bring about the change necessary, not only in our lives, our own lives, but also in the medical profession. What can we as patients do? And we'll talk about that on our return, so stay right where you are. I'd like to take a moment to invite you to the CHIP website, chiphealth.com. It's a confusing world out there. Lots of information comes at you from so many different directions. We advocate gaining and maintaining optimum health through lifestyle changes. Changes in what you eat, how you exercise, even how you think and reason. Does it work? Over 50,000 graduates say yes. CHIP is a program that works because it's based on the science of health. Science that's proven and amazingly effective. Stop by chiphealth.com to learn more. Changes come when you make health a habit. That's chiphealth.com. Welcome back to the program. I'm your host, Charles Mills. We're here with the founder of the Complete Health Improvement Program, Dr. Hans Deal. I love talking to this guy. I love talking to this guy because he wants people to be well. He wants to bring change into people's lives. And his only motive for doing that is because he loves people. I can't believe it. He just loves people and wants them to be well. And I love talking with him. Okay, Dr. Deal, you established in the first part of the program how medical schools want everyone, their students, to pass the boards. And the boards are based on... Uh, a certain set of rules and regulations for health, and that doesn't include nutrition. It's just not taught. We've also established that doctors in training, doctors in practice, patients, we can all start to change the way we treat ourselves by gaining knowledge. And now let's talk about the patient. Let's zero in on the patient himself or herself. How does that person, the person listening to the program on the radio right now, how does that person begin the process of learning what they need to do to bring health to their mind and body? Well, I mean, we already kind of established that it's very difficult to rely on most physicians to provide us with education, right? When it comes to nutrition, doctors are not in the uh, AAA category, right? (laughs) So that means that we need to become involved in self-education. And uh, what are some of the things that you can do? I think the very first thing that we need to do when something is wrong, we need to see the physician and write the questions out, uh, what you want to ask them, and to find out what the diagnosis is. Your doctor is unexcelled in in most Western countries when it comes to making a diagnosis. Mm -hmm. We really shine there. And before you do anything else, you need to know what is wrong. Mm -hmm. Once you have a good idea, then you can begin to do some reading. You can maybe go to a chip program. You can listen to a radio program of Charles Mills and what (laughs) we do together here today, right? These are the kind of things that there are books out everywhere uh, on clinical nutrition and therapeutic nutrition. There are topics that you can uh, scan on your uh, website. You have to sometimes be a little bit careful there, but again, you can do much 
to help yourself. So self-education, I think, is the key issue here. And as you begin to read more, you begin to realize that there are different opinions out there. Mm -hmm. And one contradicts the other. So you begin to realize that it's a little bit more complicated, and that's why physicians also have a hard time finding the right answers, because they have not been trained to uh, identify these correct answers uh, in, a, in, a, in an effective, uh, efficient way. So we all have to do some reading, and we begin to understand after a while where this all comes to. You can also talk perhaps to some experts in the field. The books are there. The videos are there. Uh, the tapes are there. You know, educate yourself and then talk to your physician. What do you think about this, doctor? Let him be your guide in some ways. And when it comes to nutrition, he may not know too much, but let him nevertheless be your guide. Don't try to play doctor on your own terms. Work with your doctor. He can be very, very, very helpful. And by the way, they usually have a, a, a trained uh, good judgment in providing some areas, even where they're not quite as well established. I don't know of any doctor who would say no to broccoli. I don't know any doctor who would say, <laughs> no, you should not eat potatoes and carrots and you should not eat fruit. No, no, no. I think that uh, I think we'd be safe in doing that. And, you know, as I, as I hear you talk about this, Dr. Deal, I think that we need to become like one-person studies. I do this all the time for myself. I will try something and I'll keep mm-hmm. track of how I'm doing. And I don't have mm-hmm. to have a study to tell me that. I don't have to have anything mm-hmm. else. Hey, this fruit mm-hmm. and this vegetable, these make me feel good, so this must work. So mm-hmm. there you go, one-person mm-hmm. study. No, I mean, it, it, it's true. Uh, once, once you uh, move towards a more natural diet, yes, yes. Uh, a diet that comes to us in nature, you eat fruits and you eat vegetables, You mean, don't go overboard on fruit juices because uh-huh. then again, that's a uh, process, right? Process, exactly. But you have uh, whole grains, uh, not uh, the uh, donuts and white flour. No, no, no. Whole grains, seven grains here for breakfast and these kind of things. And you have some beans and legumes, uh, lentils and these kind of things, maybe a few nuts, uh, maybe a little bit of avocado once in a while, and, and you have good bread, you see, then you basically are on a pretty safe uh, path. Mm-hmm. Uh, this has now emerged in the last 20, 30 years as being nature's special for food groups, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Let's talk about that again. Fresh fruits, whole grains, uh, vegetables, and legumes, and maybe a few nuts. You cannot go wrong. And once you begin to work with these kind of foods, yes, I understand uh, the taste is not quite the same. Mm-hmm. And you say, well, you know, if I don't have my sugar and my salt and my pepper and all these kind of things in there, well, just use a little bit. Yeah. And, well, it's still not uh, what I'm used to. Exactly, because you have developed the tolerance to these kind of things. Yes. So now you have to go through the tunnel. Three to four weeks tops and your taste buds adjust. Simple foods, and you begin to realize that your taste buds begin to change, and you're going to begin to discover a brand new world of different nutritional and taste nuances. Mm. It's a moment of discovery for you. And I think once you have begun this, you begin to read a little bit more, and you see, oh, this is about fiber. Mm. Oh, natural foods are high in fiber, you know, especially the whole grains, uh, the legumes, they're all very high in fiber. And all of a sudden, you begin to realize, hmm, I used to be in the bathroom once a week, and usually with much... Uh, uh, pressure there, yeah. trying to work so hard to be productive, to get something out. Yes, yes. <laughs> and all of a sudden, it's there. I go into the bathroom. I'm in, I'm out, I'm in and out, I'm in and out once a day. And you say, what's happening? You do much less reading that way. It's incredible. Much less reading. Yeah, that, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to take the Reader's Digest yeah, uh, the uh, reading version. board yeah, out, right? Exactly, exactly, yeah, that's yeah. right. 
Yeah, but you begin to now see a book on fiber, and you begin to read about fiber, uh, what it does. It holds the water in the intestinal tract, and uh, evacuation is much, much easier. As that happens, the food goes through much, much faster. It doesn't take uh, 28 to 50 hours mm. for the food to go from the input to the exit, right? Yeah. But now you can do it in about 24 hours. You find your food again yes. if you look for yes. it, yes. right? <laughs> yes. And all of a sudden you begin to realize, hey, that's related to diverticular disease. Mm. It's related to colitis. It's related to colon cancer. It's related to acid reflux. All of these things are affected now by the fact that your food is going through the system at a rate that it should be, rather than with all the fat and all the sugar, which slows everything down, and you don't have enough fiber in it. And all of a sudden, you begin to develop your own understanding gradually as you read yourself into it. And as you find you know, some seminars that you can go to, as you read some prominent books of some prominent writers that are known in the field of nutrition, and you are on your way. Like you said, you're one-person study. You can feel it in your system something is happening. You're on the move. Oh, that is good. Good news. All right. Now, Dr. Deal, let's talk about uh, what we were discussing at the very beginning of the program, nutrition and medical schools. Now we know the truth. Now we know how we can deal with it. Is there anything happening out there? I know that if you walk out your front door mm. and you turn left and you walk down the street a little ways, mm. you can look over to your right and there is a huge white gleaming building right mm. there near your home. Is there anything happening there that oh, is that we should know about? I have good news. I have good news for all of our uh, listeners, and that is uh, Loma Linda University, the School of Medicine, mm-hmm. uh, three months ago instituted a nutrition course. Oh. And what they what they decided to do, they said, we turn it over to the preventive medicine department, mm-hmm. and then they worked with us, and they said, you have these beautiful chip videos. Yes. Let's take a look at those again. Uh, and then they were compressed a little bit because they're, in general, made for the general public. They were compressed, and now we had 25 minutes, and we had eight sessions with Mm -hmm. the medical students, first year finishing up their first year, Mm -hmm. going to second year, and these students were rather astounded at (laughs) the significant uh, scientific basis for the suggestions that were made in these films. And... uh, we had them some case studies. We had case studies on uh, a person with diabetes, case study on a person that was lacking fiber, person that was totally uh, a whoppered with uh, all kinds of guilt and stress problems. And uh, uh, there was a lecture there on uh, how to forgive. Mm-hmm. You know, and as we begin to see the students uh, moving forward, they begin to pull these things together just like Lego blocks that you put together yes. and you build a building. Yes. Yes. And and a new building emerged that there was more to helping people than just matching a pill with an L. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They began to realize there was something here where we can actually infuse people with confidence now. We have some extra tools in our toolbox. We can help you with your high blood pressure. We have learned in the CHIP program, we've learned in this class now that maybe a high salt intake can be detrimental. And by lowering the salt intake, hey, you can really reduce their blood pressure. The same thing with diabetes. And they begin to understand that the data is way, way, way out there, very clearly before of us, even though we haven't seen it, that, for instance, some of the most popular drugs today used for diabetes is only half as good as a little change in our eating patterns. My, 
My. Amazing. That is good news. Nutrition and medical school is actually beginning. It's taking baby steps, but that is at least a step going on. Dr. Deal, thank you for that good news. I appreciate that. Well, it took many, many, many years, mm. but uh, the students are sufficiently enthusiastic that uh, we are planning on offering, getting the invitation to offer the course again the next year for the next first year finishing students in medicine. And we are excited about this. There's a new day coming. And I understand that those who write the national boards are also beginning to think in terms of we need to introduce more nutrition-related questions so as to uh, make it mandatory for the medical students to offer nutrition classes. It's coming. Oh, my goodness. I feel so good. Thank you. that <laughs> You have made my entire day, Dr. Deal. Thank you so much. Listener, that website for you to go to the CHIP program is chiphealth.com. You can find out if one's coming into your area. Lots of resources there to begin that self-education that Dr. Deal was talking about. It's all right there at chiphealth.com. Dr. Deal, thank you again so much for being here. Always encouraging to talk to you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And listener, until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Dr. Hans Deal inviting you to be healthy by choice. Goodbye, everyone. If you'd like more information about Healthy by Choice, call Three Angels Broadcasting Network at 618-627-4651. You can also email us through our website at 3abn.org. 3ABN.org.